You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Today's episode is about to be so fascinating. If you've ever been intrigued by the idea of creating a brand or business without your face, this episode is about to blow your mind because today we have the incredible honor of talking with Atticus of Atticus Poetry. And now if you're not familiar with his words, we can guarantee that you've seen many of his poems while scrolling Pinterest or Instagram, like shared by a friend, like you've seen his work online, I can guarantee you. Atticus is a three times New York Times bestselling author of Love Her Wild, The Dark Between Stars, and The Truth About Magic. His words have been tattooed by tens of thousands of his avid followers and readers, and he's been rated the world's most tattooable poet by Galore Magazine and the number one person to follow by Teen Vogue. He's been quoted and followed and retweeted by the world's top superstars, including Carly Kloss, Shawn Mendes, Emma Roberts, and Alicia Keys. And as if that all wasn't enough, he's been featured in Time Magazine, Elle, The Guardian, Fast Company, Publishers Weekly, The New York Times, and The Wall Street Journal, as well as written for and collaborated with Kygo, Maroon 5, Coach, Absolute Vodka, Stance Socks, Target, Urban Outfitters, Refinery29, and lots more. In 2019, Atticus launched Lost Poet Wine Brand, quickly becoming the highest-rated red wine on wine.com and selling over 300K bottles in one year. Man, this dude has built an incredible, successful business empire, all while remaining entirely anonymous. Now, no one knows who he is. He wears a full face mask to any book reading. It like it is so cool. And today we talk about the reason why he chose to build an anonymous brand. We talk about the price of fame and how to create a connection with your audience without sacrificing your privacy. We then dived all into how to get inspired when in a creative rut or just dealing with writer's block and the best advice he has for writers or creatives everywhere. And lastly, what he has to say to creative entrepreneurs who are also wanting to build a successful business like his. This episode is just so fascinating as well as inspiring and tangibly useful for any and all creatives. So if you're ready for a killer cool episode with Atticus the Poet, keep on listening. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Atticus, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are beyond stoked for this conversation. Lindsay and I have been just like nerding out over just your brand and the complexity and yet simplicity of it. And we're just really excited to chat with you today. So for anyone who doesn't know you, hasn't maybe heard of your work or anything like that, can you just share a bit of your story with us, who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here too. Um, yeah, where to begin? Um, <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess I would say I'm, a, I'm a, an anonymous poet. Um, maybe amateur winemaker. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I never set out to, to be a poet. I think it was like the farthest thing from my mind when I was uh, growing up. And it, it happened kind of serendipitously. Um, I was in, I was in uh, France and I actually met a guy, an actor there named Michael Madsen. And if you don't know who that is, he's, he's like the bad guy in every Hollywood movie, uh, you know, Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill, and I think uh, uh, Justin Bieber music video. And um, <laughs> incredible guy. And, and um, you know, I spent a lot of time with him and he taught me a lot about his his struggles with fame and, and uh, addiction and, and how uh, he told me poetry had saved his life. And uh, that was the first time that, that, that I felt I, I had like had permission to explore you know, poetry and like a more vulnerable side of my life. And, and, uh, a few days later I just started writing. Wow. Wow. Did you ever write before that? No, not really. No, I I read a lot, you know, like I loved Jack Kerouac and I loved, you know, Sylvia Plath and and things, but I, I never thought I had anything to say. Wow. Did you feel like your conversation with Michael, like almost created a, a sense of, of value to poetry that, you hadn't felt before? Is that what I'm hearing? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think it was even, it was in deeper than that. It was, it was kind of like, here's a, here's a, you know, American badass motorcycle riding, whiskey drinking kind of guy. <laughs> and he's telling me that poetry had saved his life. And, and, you know, I think that, that, like I said, it kind of gave me permission to, to explore that side of myself. And I think, you know, it speaks a lot to, to society and how it, it kind of like, you know, it wrongly encourages, you know, primarily men not to pursue things like that, you know, totally as much. And I think that's, that's a real shame. Yeah. Oh man. I'm so excited for this conversation. Just, I have a million questions. I want to dive into all of it, but I think we have to get this out of the way. First of all, you are so unique in your approach to, I don't even, a business, personal brand, all of it, I guess. And we were talking before I hit record about how a lot of our audience, like if they listen to the show, well, if they're listening to the show, they're our audience, whatever, you get it. Um, <laughs> they they know that me and Evie are pretty big on personal brands, like sharing our face. Like there's a million ways to do business and, and we kind of have chosen that avenue of it. And you have chosen the complete opposite. I almost, I joked to our team that you're like a real life, way cooler version of Hannah Montana a little bit. <laughs> I've never heard that, but I'll take it. Really? Okay. That was just the first thing I thought of when it was like, it was like, is that offensive to like, like, you're way, you're way cooler. I'm not trying to compare you to a teeny bopper Disney Channel star, but just the anonymity part. Um, and so my first question, just to kind of like get it out there is why remain anonymous? What gave you this idea? Where did it come from? And then where did Atticus come from in the anonymity? Anonymity. Well, I can't say that word. (laughs) It's stars or whatever. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, I, um, w- when I first started, I think, uh, well, I think it's evolved over time because, you know, when I first started, um, I just started to decided to post and I, and I posted on Instagram, I'd, I'd type on, on a typewriter and, and just take photos of it and, and post it. And I thought it'd be a cool way to meet like people in the writing community and share work and, you know, just share art. But um, I, I wanted to do it anonymously because I didn't want it to kind of bleed into the rest of the things I was doing. And it was just a creative outlet. And then, you know, as the account started to grow quite quickly and, and um, you know, more people started to follow, um, uh, it was really important to me to stay anonymous. Um, and it was a, a decision I had to make and um, because I, I didn't want... Uh, the, the fame and recognition that, that sometimes comes with, with big, you know, big followings. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I don't tell like ton of people this, but, um, I had a friend who was, who was, who was quite famous at the time. And he actually passed away in a, in a hotel in Vancouver from what I would say were complications with fame. And, and you know, it, it was, um, that was a big piece, um, for me in deciding to stay, to stay anonymous because there's this, there's this great line by, um, Bill Murray. He says, you know, if you want to become rich and famous, become rich first and see if you still want to be famous. And mm. I always thought that was, that was interesting. Not that money solves, solves things, but you know, I think often people pursue fame for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's easy for people to glorify fame and to look at it as, you know, exciting or it, it pats our ego or, you know, whatever you want to say. Yeah. But, but I don't think we have the full understanding of the ramifications and the downside and the dark side of fame yeah. that I think it's really cool that you just started off with that understanding and you were like, I don't think I want that. I don't think that's worth it. I don't think that's willing, you know, I'm willing to sacrifice what fame requires in yeah. my lifetime. Like that's, I think really cool. And I think it's really cool that you talk about it too. Cause again, I don't think people really pay attention to it. It's like they look at the good side of things or the glorified or glamorized side of stuff without realizing the sacrifices or the, the difficulties. Absolutely. Um, and I think particularly now more than ever, you know, so often the creators, um, you know, like YouTube um, creators and things will will put themselves out there, and they're actually like really introverted. But on their videos, they look like these wild extroverts, and I think it's it's very hard for them to make that transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, for me, I was like, you know, I really loved sharing my work, and I loved meeting people, and you know, 
online and, and connecting with them and just kind of talking writing, talking poetry, talking creativity. And so uh, it, it was like a big experiment for me. You know, it's like, could I grow this thing, stay anonymous and still um, do what I do what I love to do? Mm-hmm. Where did the name Atticus come from? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think a lot of people go to Atticus Finch and I'm, I'm like cer- certainly a Harper Lee fan. Um, but, uh, I always just loved the name and, uh, have since found out that the, there was a great nation of Attica in, in, uh, ancient Greece. Um, and the Atticans were famous philosophers and poets. And mm-hmm. I, I like that correlation. I wish that was the reason I chose it, but I found that out later. <laughs> cool. I feel like, I feel like anybody, even if they don't know you as a poet, anybody that's scrolling Instagram or Pinterest has absolutely 100% seen your work, like mm-hmm. just being shared. And wow. I remember before I knew who you were, I would see it. And like, I think Atticus, the name just sounds so, like you said, like Greek or, or it just has like that history to it that you would think it's like some philosopher that (laughs) like wrote it. And it's just so cool that like, it it just fits your vibe so well. I love it. (laughs) I think a lot of people out there think I'm a dead philosopher for (laughs) ancient Greece, for sure. (laughs) Writing about life. (laughs) I love it. I mean, that's why it goes along with the vibe. (laughs) It works works great. Your poetry is, is just speaks to the soul. I would actually, I'd love to unpack a sentence on the about page of your website that talks about the anonymity of Atticus. And we, we wrote it down, but it says, I realized that's what Atticus is. It's not me at all. It's all of you. And because I have no face, we put the face we need on the words and Atticus becomes whoever we need because it's not about who Atticus is. It's about who you are. Um, so my question with that, to that point is, do you think that being faceless and just having that name of Atticus on on the work makes people feel more attached to your work because they're not obsessing over you as a celebrity or as a celebrity poet, but more focusing on the words and what they actually mean to them. Do you think that's, I guess, aided in your success versus if you would have shown your face? Yeah, I mean that's a very interesting interesting thought, but I think there 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 is something and. and to that, you know, and I think that I've always felt it's it's like a beautiful thing when somebody will like repost it and they'll like scratch out and change the pronouns of it and, and make it fit themselves, so, you know, their story. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that, you know, I, I, and then that's like part of this whole thing. I, I wanted to make, keep it about the words and less about who I am because it's not really important and um, it's much less important. And I always think it's um, beautiful when people get it tattooed, they kind of make it their own, they get their own meaning for it and, um, and it becomes theirs. And so I, I absolutely, yeah, I, th- I think and hope that that is true. Yeah. I, well, it's, I think it's so cool because like, I, I'm trying to compare it to either like other famous poets or other famous writers where I think we become obsessed with the person because we know that that person wrote the things that I, maybe I'm, I'll relate it to my love of Taylor Swift. This is wildly <laughs> out. Between Hannah Mont Taylor and Taylor Swift, I feel like Adam, he's going to walk away so offended. <laughs> I'm rocking away in the, in the pop culture. But uh, like I become obsessed with her almost as a person versus like her words. Whereas I really, yeah. really love that, that you do remain anonymous and you do allow people to focus on the words and really like attribute their words or your words to their life, their circumstances. I just think that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and just something that we don't see in today's culture and we don't see people doing like at all. So I guess, uh, do you envision yourself doing this forever as far as like the anonymity or would you stop remaining anonymous at any point in time? Um, yeah, good question. Uh, you know, and you know, it is, it is tricky. And, and like from the beginning, you know, I've been encouraged to, to not be anonymous. You know, I'll, my, my agent, my, my book publisher, um, are like, obviously they're like, you know, if you, if you take off the mask, you'll sell a lot more books. Potentially you can go on, you know, do these big media outlets and things. And, you know, it, it's hard, but, um, at the same time, that's not what it's, a, it's about for me. And I, and, um, I, I really value just, keeping it about the words. And so I, I, I don't think I'll ever become um, not anonymous. I love that. Yeah. 
I would love to hear logistically just how does that work? How do you like, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure friends and family is know who you are or like if you go have party this- as, as yourself, like, do you say I'm Atticus? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. no, I don't. I, I mean, I, I just keep Atticus my, my little secret mostly. And, um, you know, people ask what I do and I, and i um, Atticus is just a piece of, of what I do. And so it's kind of easy to talk about the other things and, and not mention not wow. mention him, but yeah, I mean, that's the beautiful thing. It's, it's Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm going to use that from now on. I'm so glad I'm giving it to you. I am the Hannah Montana poetry. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> okay, but just real talk, you're like so much more talented. Like, I don't want to like offend you by saying that. <laughs> no, she is pretty good. Oh, no. <laughs> I love it. You're going to now relate it. to the Hannah Montana movie more than ever. Yeah. You're going to be like, watch that when you need to be inspired. <laughs> I know. I got to go watch the whole, the whole series. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, wait, I want to hear just how you said, you know, people ask you what you do and you answer something that is not related to Atticus whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to share like what that answer is? Because for me, <laughs> just putting myself into your shoes and thinking... Well, that might give his identity away, Evie. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's that's true. What if he's like I, a truck driver? And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a yeah. truck driver. I just think yeah. like this is clearly, you know, so much of what you do is behind the Atticus brand and now, you know, the wine brand as well. I imagine that's a huge portion of your life. So to, mm-hmm. to not even mention that when you talk to people, maybe even if you don't give the answer that you give people, how do, does that ever feel weird or difficult or like you're leaving out a big part of your life in, in yeah, not sharing I mean, it? No, I mean, I, yeah, that's very intuitive. I, it is, it is hard sometimes, you know, because I think that, um, it, you know, if, if I could mention it, I think it gives a more rounded picture of, of who I am. And so sometimes, you know, it's, it's tricky not to talk about that stuff, but, yeah. um, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. It, it sounds just worth it to you. You're, yeah. It sounds like you'd rather have a p- piece and a part of your picture left out than everything that would come with having people know. Yeah. No, I think so. And, and you know, I, I just, I ultimately come back to, to my, my friend who I lost from, I think, complications of fame. And, and yeah. that makes it really easy to make those, those decisions, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I totally, I totally get that. And then don't you, I've seen pictures like where you wear masks to like book readings <laughs> or like shows. Is that, is that how you like do in-person kind of things? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, it, it was a struggle at the beginning because I, I really love like meeting people and especially people who like love poetry and have read my books and things. Yeah. And, and when I was first coming out with my book, I was really struggling with like, how do I do this? I want to meet the people that I'm talking to online and, and, uh, have a human connection with them. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to like wear a mask and go and do these, uh, like book signings and, and actually get to meet people. And, and so I did that. It was a, it was a ton of fun and I got to meet a lot of people and, um, yeah, uh, I've done a bunch of them now. I love that. What, what would you say has been like, in your opinion, like the marker of your success? <laughs> um, uh, probably a cadet Kardashian posting. Um, oh, really? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, like no, as simple I mean, as that? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> but um, I, you know, the, the, the tattoos thing was, was very unexpected and very humbling. And yeah, you know, the first time somebody messaged me saying, Hey, listen, I got, got one of your words tattooed or one of your, um, quotes tattooed. I was like, well, for one thing, I was like, Oh God, I hope the grammar was okay. <laughs> um, and two, I was like, I, I was just like very humbled, you know, cause I, I, I feel very connected when I write these words. And so if someone feels connected enough to write, to get it tattooed on them, um, that's really powerful. And it feels like it, it connects us a bit. So Mm-hmm. Um, I was just very like honored and humbled. And then, um, and then putting out a book and, and 
I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I don't know. It's all, all creators or maybe it's just me, but like, I never think anyone's going to show up to anything I do. Mm-hmm. And so I, like, I, really... I, yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, but you know, so when I put out a book, I was like, I was like, oh, I'm just going to sell 50 copies and it'll be like my mom or like, you know, something <laughs> buying it. But, uh, I, you know, I was very, very surprised when, when people actually bought it and wanted to read it and bought more of them. Mm-hmm. And it was very humbling. Well, like we said, you're so talented and people just relate so well to your words. And I, I do think there is an element of the anonymity that kind of feeds into that too. Um, but I guess my question, like I said, kind of at the beginning is a lot of our listeners want to build businesses like, and then you've yeah. gone into the wine industry, you, you have a shop, like you've done so many things while still remaining anonymous and kind of not showing a face, not having a personal brand. Well, you have a personal brand. It's Atticus is just faceless. But my question is, do you have any advice for any entrepreneur or just creator or writer or, or somebody out there that wants to do something big in the world, something like they want to be a writer, they want to create something beautiful, but they don't like, just like you, that idea of fame or that idea of having a personal brand and having people know who you are attached to the work that you want to do. Do you have any advice for that person on how to go about doing it? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the beautiful thing about, um, uh, you know, social media and and is obviously a double-edged sword, but I I think that um, one of the positives of it is being able to create industry around the things you love and about, you know, creating a business about who you, around who you are and, you know, nothing says that you have to be, um, you know, a face of it to, to create successful businesses online or, or whatever, you know, there's so many people with very successful blogs, um, or Etsy stores or, you know, any CPG products. Um, I think that it's like the, the advice I would give is, is go after your passions because it, it does take a lot of work. I think Atticus would have easily faded away quite quickly if I, if I didn't really just love writing poetry, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the only reason it, it grew. It's because I would just, I like to write and I post it. And, and, um, and I think that, um, you know, for example, like you, you mentioned starting the wine, wine business, um, Wine is something I was always interested in. You know, I love vineyards. I love writing about wine and the world around it. And so it was very authentic to, to Atticus. Um, and so I, I think people kind of pick up on that. They, they're like, wow, this guy really loves wine. And he, you know, put a lot of work into this thing. And I think that, that people, audiences often like connect with that, that, uh, often authenticity, you know, it's like, um, I know that I think famously the the Kardashians put out a, I don't know why I've mentioned them twice, <laughs> um, but you know I think they put out a a, a book one time and it it it, um, it sold almost no copies because I don't think that it, their their message was very authentic to themselves. But if they put out like you know some sort of makeup lip liner, it yeah. goes bananas because it's more authentic to themselves. And the yeah. point I'm trying to make is just like you know people stay, stay in your lane and, and, and that in stay in that authenticity and it will really help with success. Mm, that is so good. I want to almost follow up and, and stay on this for a second because like Lindsay mentioned, you have a lot of businesses and even though, you know, the poetry aspect is very much creative and and coming from your heart and everything. You also have, you know, your product shop and your wine company now and all of that. So you are an incredible entrepreneur on top of an incredible creator. And since so much of our audience is in the entrepreneurial world and the creative entrepreneur world, do you have thoughts or advice or anything that you have learned in, in business, in your journey, in owning, you know, multiple brands, multiple companies that you would want to share? And I know that's such a broad question, so we can go more specific if you uh, want. No, but. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, don't, I, I mean, I, I have a ton to say on it, but, um, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts as well on, on all of this stuff. But, um, 
you know, I think I, I would say don't be scared to, to start, you know, you got to start mm-hmm. somewhere. And, and, you know, there are so many tools available right now for, um, for people starting businesses, um, tech, you know, services that, that, that shortcut a lot of these things. And, you know, it's just really not that hard to make a, a store on Shopify or make a store on Wix and create quality products that, mm-hmm. um, that your followers would enjoy. Um, and, you know, I think, like I said before, like try to be authentic and try to create, create quality things. Um, mm-hmm. and people will show up, yeah. you know, spend, don't be scared to spend that time in that quality and like working on that, um, those quality products and people will, will show up. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself more kind of sitting in like the artistic role of what you do and then like hire people out to do more of like the technical like shop stuff or like, like how, where is your role? Yeah. I guess is my question. Like, are you can like, are you the CEO or are you like, I'm the artist and, and I have people do it for it. Does that make sense? What I'm asking? Yeah, totally. No, I mean, that's a great question. And, and I think it's something that a lot of creators struggle with mm-hmm. because it's, it is really is two sides of the brain. And right. Uh, you know, I find, and I'm, I, I don't know about you guys, but you know, if I, like, I often get up and I'll start writing um, poetry. And then, you know, as soon as I jump into my emails handling the kind of more business side, the, my brain switches over and I find it really hard to jump between the two sides. Yeah. And so I think just like, you know, like you said, hiring the right people helps, um, or just really setting, uh, time to do one or the other in, in mm-hmm. my, um, in my experience really, really helps. But, yeah. um, yeah, you know, I, I, I uh, I have to do both and there's, there's elements of, of both. I like, and there's elements of both. Uh, I don't like, you know, the creative and the more business side. Um, I, I do feel like I'm very entrepreneurial and I, I, I do love that side. Um, but you know, I'm, I am a creative and so I, I like the creative side of that, but you know, the, the details I think is where, where it's good to get like a partner or somebody to fill in your, um, fill in the gaps, you know? Totally. Well, I think a lot of, especially in our audience, our listeners, a lot of them are creatives that started a hot, like started a business from a hobby that they loved. Very similar to like photography, like us writing, like you, like, like a lot of businesses start that way. And I think everyone hits that wall of like, Oh wait, I have to worry about taxes. I have to worry (laughs) about all these things Uh that I, that I don't want to worry about. And, And they kind of get stuck in that cycle. And I think outsourcing and just like getting people to come alongside you is super yeah. beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is the worst, you know, it's like, <laughs> uh, like the accounting side and all that stuff. And it's just like, not necessarily what I'm good at. So right. Just putting those pieces in, like you said, but it's something that we like all, all creators have to go through. And it, yeah. it just, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, but it's true. Yeah. That's true. I feel like you hit on two things, Atticus, that I kind of want to like touch on and just emphasize more. One, the fact that you recognize and acknowledge the two sides of your brain working and that advice for our listeners of carve out space or recognize when and how your brain operates and switching back and forth, whether or not that's easy for you. Because for, I think, most creatives... It's very true. And Lindsay and I have talked about this too and encouraged, you know, spend, like, don't check your inbox. Don't get on social media, you know, whatever. Spend the first few hours of your morning creating, going into deep work, you know, doing something that is immersing yourself in the creative aspect of your task when your brain is the most refreshed and the most, you know, ready to dive into that work. And then you shift over. But I had never heard or thought of just that, like as you were talking of like, oh, once I go into my inbox, it's very hard for me to flip back into my creative brain. I I instantly was like, oh my gosh, that's me. And I've never fully like consciously identified that. So that's just something that I felt like a lot of creatives could hear and learn from in the sense that notice the way that your brain, especially as a creative entrepreneur, like your right and left side work together and or Mm -hmm. separately and harness the times when your creativity is at its peak, you know, notice the times when you're inspired. And if you can like 
toss all of the admin or, you know, whatever to the side and dive into that creativity. If you're feeling inspired, if you're ready to create, you know, just those moments of noticing and paying attention to and taking advantage of that creative brain and that energy. Totally. Yeah. That's really, really well said. I mean, yeah, it's, I found, and I think people find, you know, different things work for different people, but just like, like you said, carving out that time, carving out that space. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of creators that are the same, that they, as soon as they start, you know, answering emails or getting that kind of like more accounting business, you know, back and forth, it changes your frequency and changes your, your, like your out of flow. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to kind of build your way back in. Especially mm-hmm. as something so artistically inclined as poetry, I feel like. Yeah, like right. you got to probably, I'm assuming, I'm not a poet at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm <laughs> assuming you have to kind of get into a flow, yeah. right? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, yeah. I think it's probably the same for all sorts of art, like painting or, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Calling all entrepreneurs. Are you ready for a biz boost in 2022? Tired of feeling alone or struggling to figure out this whole entrepreneur thing by yourself? Well, great, because we have your solution. We are hosting an in-person business conference in Nashville, Tennessee on April 25th through 28th, 2022. And this isn't your traditional boring corporate like conference either. I mean, do you even know Evie and I? <laughs> yes, the Heart Conference is a place for creative business owners and dreamers of all kinds to come together, experience community, learn business and marketing strategies that will help you grow and scale your business all while having the friggin' best time of your life. So get ready to be empowered in your business and life so you can go out and break down every barrier that is holding you back from achieving your goals. All right, and listen to our speaker lineup. Legit. (laughs) All right, we have Jordan Lee Dooley, Paige Griffith of The Legal Page, Zim Flores, Angie Lee, as well as Lindsay and myself, and our keynote speaker, Donald Miller of freaking StoryBrand. Like, yes. Yeah. So basically, are you like ready to explode your business and build community in just three days? Because if so, it's time to learn some hardcore marketing and sales strategies that will grow your business beyond what you could ever imagine. Get paid to do what you love, speak to the heart of your ideal client, nip that feeling of loneliness in the bud, connect with a community of like-minded creative entrepreneur besties, receive over 12 hours of hardcore business education, dance your pants off at our heart dance party, and listen to seven industry leaders teach you everything they know. Yeah, it's a lot in just three days. Buzz gonna be good. (laughs) If you are ready to give your business a jumpstart in 2022 and lead in your business empowered, come join us at the Heart Conference. You can find out more at theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference. All right, entrepreneurs, let's face it. You're in a pickle. You're not attracting your ideal clients because your brand visuals are just meh at best, and you're not showing up as the professional ready to make their life 500 times better. Do you honestly feel like your website just sucks? Like your branding feels like you created it in Microsoft's Paint? Anyone else remember Microsoft's Paint? Is that just me? (laughs) Okay. And your, your client experience just overall feels like it's seriously lacking, and you just need a change right now. But let's be honest, you're not ready to drop 8K on a custom web and brand design. Well, don't worry, that's where we come in. Introducing the solution to all of your website struggles, the Heart Shop website templates. Now we spent hours designing these customizable, professional and conversion intense website templates with our incredible designer, Sarah Crook of Elizabeth Designs. They are so incredibly easy to use and customize with ShowIt's user-friendly interface. Yes, by the way, you can easily learn how to work with ShowIt even if you've never touched a website or any design platform before and you can change literally anything you want. No more being limited to squares on your website. It's a drag and drop system that is freaking easy and looks incredible. Oh, oh, you want more information? Cool, I got you. The templates come already SEO optimized with copy prompts from Lindsay and I included. Yeah, you don't just get nonsensical filler text. You get bomb education and prompts from Lindsay and I to help you wow your potential clients and crush your website copy. And we designed a variety of these in different styles so you can find the closest match and then tweak it to make it fully your own. If you're ready to save thousands of dollars and hours upon hours upon hours of your time and get clients flooding through your website, you need to check these out. So grab yours at theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. 
I love that. The second thing that you said, Atticus, that I just wanted to like highlight to our listeners was just the the aspect of you recognizing you do have such a creative side in like the poetry and everything, but you also have a big passion and love and and brain for the entrepreneur side of everything and that you love both and you love working in both. And not only are you trying to, you know, kind of balance the right and left side of your brain and and when you're feeling inspired and all of that, but also just recognizing the areas that aren't bringing you life. Like we, we tend, Lindsay and I tend to call it like your, your genius zone or, you know, whatever the areas that are draining you and hiring that out, like getting that partner or giving that to a team member or somebody who can step in. Because I think for so many creative entrepreneurs, it's very easy to feel like you have to do it alone. Like you have to walk the solopreneur route and you can get so caught up in the, the business side of things that aren't inspiring to you that you actually suck the life and creativity and joy out of the creative side. And then you're not creating at all or the the amount you want to or whatever. And you're just stuck in this like sand, like quicksand pit of yeah. just the business side of things. So that was just something that I know you just like mentioned it quickly, but I was like, that's good. People need to hear that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I actually very much believe in, in like bringing people on board. And I think like entrepreneurs, for, especially first time entrepreneurs are, are very cautious at first to, you know, they don't want to give anything away. They don't want to like, you know, worried about a partner, the wrong partner or hiring people and to delegate anything. And I think, I think you, you nailed it when you, you said like, we're not, we're very few of us are like great at everything and right. very few of us enjoy everything. And some people are really good at bookkeeping, you know, and they actually enjoy it and getting someone to be your bookkeeper and getting that out of your head, which is, you know, it'll take you 10 hours. It'll take them one hour. That's yeah. really powerful. And, yeah. and I, I think that like co-founding something with somebody is really powerful just to be able to like bounce off ideas. And then like, you know, it, it there's, there's like incredible synergy that can happen and, and you'll actually make something twice or three, you know, three, a multiple bigger mm-hmm. than if you did it alone. Um, yeah. Or, you know, or hiring under you and, and the right people under you to just to, to keep your mind in the, on the big game, you know, mm-hmm. at yeah. the top, making the important decisions because, you know, we, we all only have a certain amount of decisions we can effectively make in a day. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you know, if those are all taken with, with, little minute stuff. It, 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 it hurts your business for sure. Yeah. Totally. Well, and it's focusing on what you're best at. Like I bet your bookkeeper yeah. can't hold a candle to poems at all. <laughs> like well, that's, not, that's not what they're <laughs> made to do. You know, yeah. uh, I would be interested to see her. Voice. <laughs> <laughs> you should, you should yeah. ask her for it sometime and be like, could you just write me a poem? I just want to see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be trade, amazing. Trade jobs for a day. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, I have a logistical question, kind of on the on the line of like teams and like uh, just hiring people. Do you have yeah. team meetings? Like, like I mean, like we said, you're doing a lot. You have books. You have a shop. You have a wine company. How do you logistically yeah. go about running your businesses anonymously? Like, does your team know? Who, does even your mom know who you are? I'm so curious. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yes. You know, like people. People um, who I work with definitely know, know who I am. Um, so they I have think, to keep the secret. They're in the inner circle. Yeah, they keep the secret. And, and you know, this thing's a lot of, a lot of it's just about trust. It's like, you know, people know who I am, but they also know the reasons that I don't want to be, totally. be famous. And I think they know that I'm, I'm kind of serious about it. And so people are, are very like um, willing to help, you know, and, and like be part of it. Um, and just like keep the secret because it's like, I think they, they can see that I'm like, I'm not doing it for the wrong reasons. Like if I wanted to make more money, I'd probably not be anonymous. You know, it's like, that's not the reason I'm doing this. It's because, you know, I've lost a friend to, to fame. And I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's a thing we can all relate to. Absolutely. Um, but to, to answer your question, yeah, you know, I think it's just about creating systems and, and, you know, when I do books, I have like a, the, a book team and I, and I work with them. I kind of have like my in-house team that runs everything day to day and kind of 
coordinates with the book team and then I have the wine team. And so my team coordinates with the, the wine team and then uh, the merch team as well. It's like my team coordinates with the merch team. And so there are, there are these little silos um, and our, our job is kind of coordinating them and just making sure all the pieces run together. And then I have, you know, wonderful uh, social team as well, who just kind of help make sure that, um, that I'm, that I'm posting. Mm. Oh, I love this. Okay. I want to, I want to ask a follow-up question for the person listening to this that is baby fresh into either the entrepreneurial world or just like the creative world of, of, of doing and going after their dream. Like say they want to be a writer and they're hearing you talk about like, oh my gosh, he has all these teams. Like how, how did you, is there any advice that you can give to somebody listening that's like, how do they get to where you are? Is that, does that make sense? Right. Maybe that's too big of a yeah, question. Yeah. Cause that's like, uh, like your whole life. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. like I can just imagine somebody <laughs> listening that's like, wow, like that's so cool. Like he must've been like a hot shot and like had all these things. Like, is there any advice that you could give to that person that's just starting out? Yeah. You know, I, I'm like, I, I'm not, it's a lot of, a lot of hard work and consistency. You know, it's, it's, uh, I, I don't mean to make it seem like super, super easy. I mean, it's like this stuff right. is hard. It's a lot of stuff behind the, you know, and a lot of like losses and, mm-hmm. you know, for every win. Um, but you know, that what I would say is, you know, find pursue those passions that you actually care about. So you can kind of, you can stay motivated through those down times. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you really enjoy something, if you really enjoy photography or yoga, you're going to get up and you're going to, you know, go after these things every day, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you're going to find a way to make it work. And, you know, I, I think, uh, advice for, for growing your socials is, is just to like post lots, post mm-hmm. consistent, um, look around see what's, what's working for other people and, and make, make your own version of that. And, um, and, but be consistent and, and be as quality as you can. Um, and then work with other people, you know, share, share posts, share, you know, uh, be in these communities and, and support each other. And, you know, th- there is an incredible writing community on, on, um, online and, and, you know, we've supported each other a lot, um, as we've grown, um, you know, so many people helped me along the way get published. Um, and I've been able to now help a lot of other people get published and it's just kind of, you know, the right, the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, there, there are people out there to, to help, you know, um, it, when I, I'd grown my account, um, it wasn't, I think it was like a hundred thousand people when, when I connected with an agent, she just reached out to me and, um, asked me if I wanted to publish a book. And, um, she was a great guide, um, to doing that, you know, I, I wouldn't, yeah. again, like, that's not what I'm good at. She's, she's very good at that. And mm-hmm. so, getting help as, as you go. And, um, and then, and then, yeah, like, like I said, uh, a few times, just like, keep that, keep that thing authentic, you know, like wine I felt was very authentic to, to Atticus and to poetry and to who I was. And so it made sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I kind of want to wrap that up or like, just like pull out some nuggets of what you just said for our listeners. So what I, what I heard was be consistent, like show up every day, uh, cultivate your art and be actually good at it. You said quality, but like, you know, you you like create great stuff. Yeah. Create good stuff is what I, what the nugget I'm taking away from that. Um, and then networking and really like connecting with other like-minded people and not, I think, I think something that I'll add into that is like, not even just networking just to get something from other people, but to also give, I think is really Cause that's totally. going to always come back to bless you. Um, when you have like I'll a heart add, to give, I'll just like add to that. Cause I think that's a really great point. It, it's, it's, I think that one of the best ways that when you're like talking with someone and you're networking is, is I've seen people do this and I'm, I'm always so impressed by it, but they're like, how can I, they come at it. How can I help you? What mm-hmm. do you need? And, um, they don't even ask for anything. They're like, how can I help you? Yeah. Um, and once you, you know, if you go at, at networking from that, I've, I've seen it be very powerful because, um, because, uh, it, it like, it like immediately they want to help you, you know? Yeah. I think there's something in our human nature that if somebody comes and immediately like first, first interaction is asking from us, our guard goes up. 
But yeah, if somebody comes exactly. and is like, how can I serve you? How can I, you know, help you? We're, we're caught off guard in a good way by... Yeah. I'm going to remember our, that person. Uh, yeah, our yeah. guard doesn't go up. And exactly. so we're caught off, like we're literally caught off guard and, yeah. and we off don't have guard. time. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. don't have time for our defenses yeah. to, to fly up because we weren't expecting that. So I, so I think that's so good. Oh, I have, this is so fun, Atticus. I'm loving this conversation. Okay. Uh-huh. I have, I have another, just from the creative side of things, you connect so well with your audience, with your readers, with your community. And yet, you know, for a lot of, I think, creative business owners, we think and we've been told and we believe that in order to connect with your people, you have to, you know, share, you have to have a face to the brand. You have to be a personal brand. You have to share your own story. Yeah. Yeah. Your personality, your stories, all of that. But what I think is so fascinating about you and your brand is that you seem to be doing all of that without having, you know, that personal information out there. Like you, it, I, I guess I would just love to hear, do you have tips or thoughts on maintaining that personal connection with your audience through, without, I guess, sharing your personal life or stories? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a good, it's a good question. And I think, um, I think maybe the poet tree is unique in that sense. It's because I, I, um, one of the things that, that being anonymous, uh, does is it allows me to be more vulnerable than maybe I would be if I wasn't anonymous. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's um, such a good point. I didn't yeah. even think about that. You know, it, it, um, I'm not writing to be cool. I'm not trying to be anybody. I'm not, I'm just writing very honestly. And I think that, you know, when you, when you're honest and you're authentic, I think people connect to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's maybe why some of the, the poems and quotes resonate with people because they read it and they're like, Oh, you know, I feel that way too. I'm like, I'm, kind of sad, you know, or I'm, you know, wish like longing for love, you know, I I don't think in this day and age, especially with, on socials, people are really authentic. They're kind of posting their best life. They're kind of like, you know, never show any kind of weakness or sadness or, you know, whatever. Um, but the fact that I'm anonymous, I'm like, Hey, this is, this is kind of how I'm feeling. And, and sometimes people are like, Whoa, you know, I, I feel that way too. And it's a shame that our in society, we can't more, you know, have more open dialogue about this stuff, but, um, yeah. Oh, know, that's such a good point to. though. Cause I think people, when they are not, not like when, what you do is attached to who you are, your face and people know that we do put up our guards and we don't bear our soul to the internet or to the world, you know, like, cause we are yeah. afraid of what people think of us. And I love that being anonymous kind of gives you that freedom to bear it all and not care what people think because they're not attaching it to you as, as a human being. Like there's such freedom yeah. in that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, there's, um, there's kind of like a, a, a barrier. Um, uh, there's like a separation, um, that, that helps me be, and, and like, it's an imperfect science and it's like something that I need to encourage myself often to do. It's just like be more vulnerable, be more vulnerable, but I, I certainly think it helps me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I, I feel like, would you say, I guess, what would your thoughts be to somebody who maybe isn't anonymous in their brand, who does have, you know, their face or their personality attached, even in a small sense to their brand? What would you say to that person who maybe does have some connection to their brand, but is wanting to create personal connection? You know what I would say is, is just, challenge yourself to be as, as truthful and and vulnerable as, uh, as possible. And I know that's, that's easy for me to say behind the mask, but (laughs) I, I often refer to Tim Ferriss had this really cool line on one of his podcasts and I can't remember which one it was, but you know, he was like, I was, I think like maybe it was one of his posts on his Instagram or something, but he's like, he posted it and he's like, you know, I, I was really worried about posting this because it's, it's like very vulnerable. But what I've realized, um, over my years is that 
that kind of fear of like, well, should I post this or not? Is it too vulnerable or whatever? Then you post it. And that's really when the magic happens. That's when people yeah. like really connect to it. And, and I've certainly noticed that for myself. And that's why I'd say like encourage other people to do that. It's like, that's kind of what most people won't, wouldn't post that, you know, it's like, yeah. and, and when you do, people connect to it because it's real, it's authentic. It's like, it's vulnerable. And, and there's a ton of people probably out there feeling the same way. Yeah. And it's, in a world that nobody does that, it stands out. Nah, yeah. You're, stands you're out. willing to say something that many people are feeling, but nobody is willing to take the risk to say. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's so yeah. good. I love Okay. That. I would love to, to pivot now and talk about mm-hmm. like your actual poetry. Like where do oh. you get your inspiration from like your, your words are absolutely incredible and they resonate so many, so much with, with so many people. And like, I guess one, where do you get the biggest inspiration from? And then where do you find yourself most creatively inspired? That's maybe the same question. (laughs) Not to say that out loud. (laughs) Um, uh, great question. And thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I draw from, um, from my life primarily, you know, just my life experiences and the people around me. Um, I, I draw a lot from travel and um, I, I kind of like fall in love with cities and I find them them to be like my muses in so many ways. Like I, I love Europe. I love Brooklyn. I love Paris. I, you know, I love Rome. Um, I find traveling and just like meeting new people and, and seeing new culture so inspiring to write about. Um, and the people within my life, you know, I've had so many muses along the way that make writing very, very easy. Um, you know, I don't even have to use my imagination. It's just kind of what I see, which helps a writer a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the, the cities and the people, and, and I also, I do, um, find that just using your imagination, um, and drawing on that can really help. It's like, try to imagine what it'd be like to be an old, old man, you know, losing the wife you've had for 60 years, you know, what, what would that feel like? And, and kind of writing about that. And I was lucky enough to grow up with, with three sisters and kind of see the world from, from their view of like hope and heartbreak and, and relationships and, and, you know, just seeing what it was, you know, just a more female experience. Um, and so, you know, being able to kind of draw on that and, and write, um, write about that um, has, has helped too. So, you know, it's just, it's primarily my, my just life experiences. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a question for you. Is this yeah. with writing, with creativity, I know so many creatives can end up burnt out with creativity or feeling uninspired or anything like that. Have, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever experienced that? And if you ever have experienced like a dry spell in your inspiration and your creativity, how have you gotten out of it? And what advice would you have for other creatives, maybe specifically other writers who are maybe feeling that right now? Yeah, that's a, a very, very um, important question. The kind of idea of writer's block or, you know, you know creator's block. Um, yeah, I mean, it happens. It it certainly happens to me. Um, I think, you know, I, I've learned tricks along the way to kind of like help me, um, when I realize that I'm kind of not inspired or, or, or whatnot, um, to get past that. And, you know, I mentioned it a bit, but like traveling helps me Mm -hmm. personally. I think like moving my location, you know, sometimes if I've been in my office too long or what, whatever, just going to like a coffee shop and and having a coffee, um, that really helps. And, you know, just like, just like experiences, um, meeting new people, new places. Um, there was a, there's a, a famous writer called Hunter S. Thompson who wrote Fear and Loathing. And, you know, he used to, you know, like everybody had times where he just couldn't find the flow, couldn't find that passion. And he'd actually like get out, um, the great authors of like, of history, um, like even like Shakespeare and like, you know, some of his favorites and he type, he'd basically just like read the books and type them. And, that for him like created this like flow because he started to like 
write as if he was them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really interesting way to um, tool that I'd never, never heard about. And there's another thing like, you know, Bukowski said, um, if you're like really trying to write, he's like, don't try. And, you know, you can take what you want from that. But, but um, the way I understood it was, was, was like, if you really want to go out there and write or create some art and, and don't try to make the most incredible piece of art that's ever existed, like mm-hmm. find your passion for it, find your joy for it. And, and that's when the real flow and magic comes in, in my opinion. It's like, you know, I, it, it puts too much pressure on it to be like, I'm going to write the best poem ever right now and I'm going to post it. I never write like that. I just write because I enjoy it. And sometimes I flow and sometimes, you know, it doesn't work, but not to be kind of too hard on yourself, uh, certainly. And then the last thing I'll say is that, you know, I think um, there's, a, there's a quote that says, like, write for the waste paper basket. And uh, it's like, just just write to throw it away, you know, just, just enjoy it. Paint 10 canvases um, and don't be afraid to throw them away, but just, just kind of enjoy it. So that's, yeah. that's such so good bad. advice. Okay. Oh, With the advice train, let's just uh, <laughs> end it out. What is the biggest advice that you've been given as a writer? And then what would you want to pass on to any writer or future writers listening to this episode? Um, I think the best advice uh, that I've heard is that, is that Bukowski quote, don't try. Um, yeah. it's really helped me get out of my own head and, and really find my love for writing rather than force things, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't try. Um, and then the, what I would say to, to any young writers or artists or whatever kind of worried or scared to get going, don't be scared. You know, I think the most important thing you can do as a writer is to, is to write. And, and, you know, today is the best day to begin. And, you know, a lot of people kind of really worry about like, if they want to be like an Instagram writer or something, they really worry about, about putting, sharing their work. Um, and I would say you just got to get past that, you know, just, 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 you know, be anonymous if you, if you, if you want to be, or you have to be, um, but don't be scared to, to share it. Don't be scared to, to write and, and, um, and, and, and share it with the world because it's, it's way better, um, than keeping it inside. It really is. That's so good. Isn't there a quote? I can't, I'm going to butcher this, but isn't there a quote that says something like your biggest victories or your biggest breakthroughs lie just on the other side of your biggest fears? Wow, yeah. That's, yeah. I, I've heard that before. Yeah. There's something you, like that. You definitely didn't uh, butcher that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, well, I love you. Like, I'm going to butcher this and just nail it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to butcher this. Here, quotes in a second. <laughs> I, I don't know what that was. But just as, as you were talking, Atticus, that just sounds like everything that that young writer is probably trying to, to attain or, or their goals or their dreams or everything is so often, not just writers, just creatives, just human beings, the things that our goals or our dreams or our hopes, all of it is typically just on the other side of some sort of fear, fear of people's opinions, fear of failure, fear of, you know, whatever that looks like. And you just have to push past that. Like you'll never reach those goals. You'll never, you know, find full joy or fulfillment or anything in life if you're constantly hiding behind that fear. So uh-huh. I love that you just spoke to oh, that man. and just like, just do it. Just get <laughs> past it and do it. I love it. I mean, I, I'm sure there was a certain level of fear when you guys were starting this podcast, you know, yeah. just worrying. Very true. Um, you know. I was like, my mom will listen and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's me. Mom will show up. Uh, you gotta love moms. They always show up. They do, moms. Yeah. Oh, well, Atticus, what's next on the pipeline for you? Like what, where can you share it? <laughs> yeah. I want, well, yeah. Can you, are you like, <laughs> what is the future of Atticus look like? Um, well, actually I, I have, uh, I have two things that are, that are kind of exciting. And one is I signed a two book deal. So two more books, one, uh, the first one next fall. Yeah. And then the second one is, is more entrepreneurial and it's something I'm very excited about. And I haven't actually told anyone. So you guys are the first to know. Oh, you get the exclusive. <laughs> Snap. But, but yeah, I'm, uh, 
I'm they're getting very close to launching a, a coffee brand. Oh, nice. wine and coffee. You know how to, know. you know how to speak to the soul. That's a business brain. Okay. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like I was like, what else do I love? And I was like, I love coffee. It's helped me write a lot of books. So I mean coffee yeah, and so. wine go so well with like words and poetry. Oh, that's a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Just follow what you love. That's yes. what, that's my advice. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> well, I'll send you some when it's uh when it's out. We will be raving fans. Heck Thank yeah. <laughs> We already we already are now that we've chatted with you for an hour and just feel like we know you even though clearly we don't but <laughs> we have this nice facade impression that we're good friends with Atticus now. <laughs> oh, well, I feel the same way. Amazing. Well, where can everyone find you, Atticus? Like, get to know you and you know find your your wine company, buy your books, the merch, read your words, yeah, yeah. Your, your merch, everything. Um, yeah, addictispoetry.com, I think is, is the best place and, or addictispoetry on, on Instagram. Amazing. Amazing. Also, everyone go to his about page and watch the video. That's what I was just like, yes. The video on your about page that uh, just spoke to my soul. Kind of talking about anonymity. I said that word. Did I say that word wrong? Yeah, you said you it right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> literally. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to. I literally, before you hopped on to this interview, Atticus, I literally was trying to go over with Evie. I was like, how do you say it? And in anonymity? <laughs> I, I say it all the time and I'm still like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Amazing. Right. Well, Atticus, thank you for your time. Thank you for all of the wisdom and, and the depth and the heart that you shared with us today. We greatly, greatly value and appreciate your creativity, your wisdom, and we know our listeners have been blessed by this as well. So thank you for giving us your time today. Oh, thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed that.